Let's dive right in. If you have a Bible, turn in with me to Luke chapter 18. If you don't, if you have a phone, that's great. Luke 18, we'll read this way as well. Luke 18.10 says this, Two men went up to the temple to pray. One, a Pharisee, a very religious person back those days. A very religious, a Pharisee, and the other, a tax collector, looked at as some of the scum of the earth, all right? The Pharisee stood up and he prayed about himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. So that's just why you read, where are you, huh? I thought this was about alcohol and addiction this morning, and it is. But I just want to make myself very clear before we go any further this morning what the Holy Spirit has impressed upon me. I believe that those who are addicted, those who struggle with addiction, they know that they need God to intervene in their life. Okay. But I believe that there are some of us here today that are very religious and we are addicted to things as well. And we just cover them up better than others. Our addictions may not make headline news, get us locked up, but we still have things that we turn to to drown out the pain, the sorrows, and the hurt. And so... This series that we decided a while back to to bring to you all is not just a highlight of topics or a highlight of maybe those very popular sins. This isn't to highlight or to point a finger at anyone, but what we truly are accomplishing, and we have seen that just after one week. Last week we talked about divorce, and the emails have flooded in. And so we are accomplishing our goal because we're not wanting to point you out and to show you that there is something wrong with you. But what we're wanting to do is to extend a hand and an open arm. We're hoping that we can create an opportunity for a relationship to be started with you to discuss some of these very hot topics. And so today is no different. We're not going to be looking at the little speck in your eye while every other one of us in here have a large plank. Okay? The hot topic just happens to be alcohol and and other addictions. You're going to hear things talked about like food. Some of us just stay at work to stay away from the problem. Pornography. Because your home life and your spouse isn't doing it for you. And so instead of working very hard on that relationship, you simply turn to a computer screen. See, I'm not even going to go down the alcohol route yet, but we in the church and some of us Christians have been very good at making Scripture say what we want it to say. And let's just talk about this. Is we can't take a couple of scriptures and make my preference or my prerogative, I can't push it on you and use a couple of scriptures like this. We're going to use a lot of scripture this morning. Is that okay with you all? Yeah. 
I figured it'd be better than just giving you my opinion. See, there's scriptures that the church and sometimes we Christians use that you can't use tobacco. Listen, that is one that has been around for a long time. Because I have a personal preference that I don't use tobacco, then neither should you. And we use scriptures like this. It comes from 1 Corinthians 6.19. These will all be on the screen because we're going to roll through some of these fairly quick. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? And then there's another one, Romans 12.1. It says, Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And let me just stop right there. I agree 100% that that is God's word and it is absolutely true. But if I have a personal preference that this substance should not be used, I don't get the right to force it on you and use scripture like this. Because if we're going to open that can of worms, then all of the fried food that you're eating has to be cut out. You see, we don't want to talk about that. We can't talk about the fact that those chemically infused Coca-Colas that you are drinking are terrible for your temple. I've not heard many sermons preached on that. Pepsi may be your drink. Listen, cheer wine is of the Lord, so that's good, all right? (laughs) And if we want to get really crazy with this, even the bottles of water that you are drinking out of, have so many harmful chemicals, not only in the water, but in the bottle that it is contained in. And so if we're going to say, hey, just because this is a high or a hot topic, we're going to have to go across the gamut and start talking that way. But that's how we've done it. We have picked and choosed, chosen, choosed. English teachers in here, help me with that one. You say tomato, I say tomato. So you see where we can go with this. And I know what everyone is thinking. We're talking about alcohol. Some of us only came here today, like you set eight alarm clocks because you wanted to make sure, can I drink alcohol or not? And my answer to that is, I don't know. What is God saying to you? We're going to talk about three different categories of it here for just a few minutes. We're going to try to go through it quickly because there is a much bigger issue at hand. It's just not about alcohol. It's about the food. It's about your workaholism. It's about what you're looking at. It's about what you're saying about people. And it's this. Why do I look to all of these things and simply not just trust that God can handle the issue? And I know know Christians that do not drink a drop. They have never and they will never, and I respect that. Like I support that. Thank you for your example that it can, can be done. But I do know people like that who have never touched it. I mean, never. But these same people, they do sit and look at pornography. These same people who will never touch a drop of alcohol are the same people who cheat on their taxes. They lie. They gossip. They literally hate people. 
I know people like this. They would rather talk behind your back than to your face. And you know what blows my mind is Scripture actually does say something about that. Look at Proverbs chapter 6. In Proverbs chapter 6, God is pretty clear. He says this in verse 16, there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Verse 17, it starts off, it says, haughty eyes. You know what that means? That's, that's sort of a churchy biblical word. But you know what the word haughty eyes means? Is that you like to look at everything that is not yours. And you can't stop looking at things that are not yours. It's pretty clear. He goes on, he says, he hates and he detests a lying tongue. That's pretty self-explanatory, isn't it? He hates it. And he hates hands that shed innocent blood. 18 says, a heart that devises wicked schemes. Feet that are quick to rush into evil. A false witness who pours out lies. A man who stirs up dissension among brothers. Scripture's pretty clear that he hates those kind of things. And so listen, we cannot sit here just because we have never touched a substance that someone else in here may And there may be some in here today that absolutely sinfully abuse it. We don't get to sit here and point a finger like the Pharisee and say, at least I'm not like them. I I will say this. It does make you feel a little better about yourself, doesn't it? To know that there's somebody out there struggling in public more so than you are. And you say, I think that's a scheme of the enemy. But as we've just sang, and as all the volunteers that you saw here today have already heard, the schemes of the enemy have been defeated in Jesus' name. Amen, church? There's another group, and I think that there are some social drinkers in here. I'm not going to have you stand up or raise your hand. I mean, the uncomfortable factor in this church right now, I can feel it. But there's some social drinkers in here, and you love Jesus with all of your heart. And you don't abuse it. You probably can't remember the last time you may have had a drink of alcohol. I know wonderful people who love Jesus with all they have. And I've gone to their house before, and they've had a glass of wine with a meal. They're social drinkers. I want to address the social drinkers for just a second. And I'm going to ask a question because I believe in asking questions. Instead of telling you. If you say that you are a social drinker and it's under control, you never abuse it, you never become drunk, because we're going to talk about that in a minute. I'm going to ask you social drinkers in the room is this. Why do you do it? And this is where you need to be very honest with yourself. Back in my former life, I've tried to justify it. I abused it under the title of 
social drinking. So why do you do it? If you're going to sit here and just say, you know what, it, I just so rare, and I actually do love the taste. I know my limit. I know what Scripture says. I know that I am never to abuse it. I know, and listen to this, I know that I am never to become a stumbling block for someone else. You see, it's, it's sort of, so why do you do it? But if you're going to be honest with yourself in here today, and I hope that you are, if you say, man, I do it only when I'm around other people who do it. If I do it because I don't want to be the only one not doing it. There's a scripture for this, and it comes from Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. Paul says this. Am I now trying to win the approval of men or God? Or am I trying to please men? If I'm trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. And so why are you doing it? Because you may be a social drinker. But if you're not very careful, you may be a sinful drinker. Because if you're trying to please men by any of your actions, that's when it becomes sin. So I have this. Two more questions. If God was to say to you, Scott, I don't want you to touch any alcohol for the next 30 days. Would you be able to do it? Because if you say, you know what, probably not, then there is a much bigger issue that we're getting ready to tackle. And then for those of you who claim to be a social drinker, let me just say this. Scripture is very clear on leading people astray. Do you know who is watching? Do you know who you are leading, whether you realize it or not? Because there are people that may be in your presence that they cannot even be around an alcoholic drink. without ruining their life? Just two questions. Scripture's very clear on what we're getting ready to talk about, alcoholism. Ephesians 5.18 says this. I mean, it, I don't even have to read that, do I? Do not get drunk. It leads to debauchery. That, that's a word I had to look up. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't go around using that in my everyday language. You guys ever heard me say it before? 
Now, I may, I may have stumped my toe and said it, debauchery. But I had to look up what that word meant. Now, I know that we have a lot of smart people in this room, and you know what that means. It, it, it is excessiveness in sensual. Listen, there's like eight people shaking their head like this right here, like you knew. No, you did not. Tony, you didn't know what that word meant. It, it is excessiveness in sensual pleasures. And just to prove to you that I'm not only just hammering down on people who drink or who people who abuse it, have you ever been to Golden Corral? There are people committing debauchery there. And I, that's not a joking matter. They are in excess with sensual taste, sensual pleasures. And so I know that alcohol is a very hot topic, but let's go ahead and throw the blanket wide here today. There are some of us that aren't getting drunk, but there's some of us that are doing other sensual things in excess. Because there's something we're trying to drown out and to cover up, and we just don't think. God can do it. Let's stay on topic for a second. Galatians 5. Don't you hate it when you're trying to flip through Scripture and your pages stick together and somehow you turn to like Genesis and when you're trying to go to Galatians? Galatians 5, it says this in uh, verse 19 through 21. The act of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality. Well, this one's, oh, good. I'm glad Paul's hitting on this too. Impurity. Here's that word again. Debauchery. Idolatry. Witchcraft. Hatred. Discord. Jealousy. Fits of rage. You guys getting all this? It's crazy that how Paul lumped all those with what I'm getting ready to say. Selfish ambitions. Dissension. Factions. Envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. He says, I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Two and a half million people die around the world every year due to some alcohol-related incident. It tears families apart. It does cause destruction. And that's why God said, do not get drunk. But again, I need to let you know that one in five Americans will die from some obesity-related issue. One in five. And that leads me to my much bigger question that you're going to have to answer. Listen, I know that there's all kinds of struggles and pains 
and things that bring us so low. There's things that are going on in my life and in your life that are so much bigger than us. We don't know how to handle it. And so my question is why do I turn to these other things? You may not drink alcohol. I've listed so many other things. And here's what's so wonderful about my job is I don't have to know what you fill in the blank with because God does. I'll just say, why? Do we think that our blank can solve the problem so much better than God? I mean, I have seriously never had a conversation with someone who went on a sin binge. I've never talked to someone who went on a sin binge and when they came out of it, they were like, oh, hey, well, my problem's gone. But here's the beautiful part about it. And this is something that you cannot take away from me or the men and women that it has happened to. I have seen men who are addicts and they go on sin binges And I have seen God transform their heart and their mind, their body and their soul. I've seen it with my own two eyes and you can't take that away from me. I've seen lives changed through the power of the Holy Spirit to the point where they call themselves no longer addicts. They call themselves children of God who have been set free. And so today, whether it's alcohol, whether it's porn, whether it's electronics, whether it's your work, whether it's the abuse that you like to dole out, whether it's the lies that you think that aren't really hurting anyone or whatever it may be today, I'm telling you, you may have walked into this place an alcoholic or some other kind of addict, but I've seen the power of God work in ways that some of you could not even imagine. He is here today, real in His presence, wanting you to turn loose of whatever it is that you look to instead of God. He's wanting you to turn loose of it today. And you don't have to go through some self-help step program. And listen, I'm not knocking that. I have gone with some of my friends to those self-help programs. You need accountability. But I'm going to tell you, your first step is surrendering this to Jesus. That's your first step. I know that there's some skeptics and that's okay. Today, what I'm going to ask you to do is not come forward. Because again, we're not trying to look at your speck while we've got planks hanging out our eyes. What I want you to do is I want you to take your card, every one of you right now in your hand. I told you we were going to use these at the end. 
I want everybody just, if you would, close your eyes. Because we're not trying to make a spectacle of anyone. We're just wanting to see the Holy Spirit set somebody free in this place. Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. And again, this is a very serious time this morning. God, I've been in church all my life. I, I love Jesus, but I'm just wrapped up and addicted to the rules and to religion. And the only reason I do them really is just out of the routine of the life that I've lived forever. Scott, I struggle with blank. Scott, you hit the nail on the head. Alcohol is, is my downfall. I, I can't even be around it because I can't hold and I can't withhold and, and I can't stop. I'm addicted. Alcoholism is ruining my life. I don't know what it is today, guys. That's the gamut. But right now, you have a card in front of you. And what I want you to do is I just want you to simply, at some point between now and the time you leave this cafeteria, I want you to write the word help. I may not even have touched on your addiction. But Scott, I'm writing help because I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit of God can set me free. I want you to write help. some of us in here today that need to hear this if anyone if anyone and anyone means the addict it means that you work too much it means that you abuse your spouse and it means you have anger issues it means that you are addicted to pornography it does mean that you smoke crack or use marijuana and you are addicted if anyone that is you if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Every head's down, every eye is bowed, every head is down, every eye is closed. Listen, Scott, I'm not sure if that's true but I am willing to be shown that it is every eye closed Scott I need to be set free and I need to know how to look to Jesus instead of all the stuff that I've been looking to I am so desperate to be made brand new Scott, that's me today. Would you just raise your hand? Every eye is closed. Amen. Thank you for being honest. If you raised your hand, I want you to look up and look here. Scripture's true. You may have come in here one way, but because the power of God in this place through His Holy Spirit 
you are set free in the name of Jesus. You are a brand new creation. Give God praise in this place today, church. And I want you to stand to your feet. And we're going to sing a song right now that is true for every single one of us in this place. And so I want to hear you sing it like you mean it, church.